just having the naivete to step out to do something, even when you're afraid, even when you don't like know what's on the other side of that next step, but you have the confidence in who you are that I'm just going to do this to the best of my ability. To the best of my ability does not mean perfect. Oftentimes in leadership, we're trying to get things perfect because we're trying to impress people or we're, we don't want to fail. We don't want to look stupid. And that in and of itself, that context of perfectionism gets in our way. Every entrepreneur, yo, you know you're going to make mistakes. So why do you keep holding a measure that's too high for you to even cross? Welcome to Evolve Leadership, the arena where high-achieving leaders are challenged to redefine their limits. My name is Angus Nelson. I grew up in the United States and I now live in Lisbon, Portugal. I'm an executive coach and I've spent my career advising and training leaders from startups to Fortune 500 companies. And here's what I've learned. An old, ineffective leadership framework will always keep you on a hamster wheel, consumed with work-life balance, burnout, and stress. Here on the show, each week we'll help you rethink the path to achievement. We'll help you discover new principles, new philosophies to the modern leader. Look, the world is relentlessly changing, demanding a new era of leaders. It's time to redefine your limits. So enter the arena, my friend. It's time to evolve. Welcome to the 100th episode of the Evolve Leadership Show. Woo! Angus, this is a milestone, brother. 100, that is a crazy number. Do you know, statistically speaking, yeah. the percentage of podcasts that actually make it to 100 is like super small. Yeah. I, I almost want to go and look up that that stat. And I don't know what it is, but it's kind of like, I'm I'm pulling this out of the nether sphere, but it's yes. like 50% of shows don't make it after show seven. And then another 50% of those will drop off like 23. Yeah. So it's like, it gets lower and lower and lower. Um, but man, when you're committed to something and you cross 100, uh, it's, it surely it's worth something. Yes. And Angus, it was September 14th, 2015, almost nine years ago that you released the first show at the time it was called the up in your business podcast later changed the name to the evolve leadership show and episode 100 and normally you are the one doing the interviewing but today i wanted to switch have you switch chairs and talk about your journey as a leader over the last decade and how you like every every great leader have evolved during that time does that sound good to you uh, yes, and I'm fidgeting in my chair because it feels a little uncomfortable, um, <laughs> but I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Come on. Now, one of the principles and one of the books we love is The Gap of the Gain by Dan Sullivan. And he talks about as leaders, especially high performers, we tend to always look at the gap of where we're not, what we haven't achieved yet, the goals, the dreams. And it just feels like we never arrive and it can feel, feel very frustrating. And one of the powerful principles he talks about is realizing the gain, how far you've come already. Kind of like if you're hiking up a mountain, if you always are only looking at the top and never stop and look back and see how high you've climbed already. Um, when you do stop and when you do celebrate the gain, you start seeing motivation for reaching the top. And so whatever gap you're experiencing, whatever you haven't reached yet, 
this is a reminder to look at the gain, look at how far you've come, celebrate how far you've come because it's going to motivate you to keep on pressing. And so Angus, as we dive in, I just want to kind of pummel you with a bunch of questions. I'm really fascinated because I wasn't Don't there. Don't pummel today. me. Gosh. <laughs> I will gently question you. So the first thing, how did it start? How did, what was your inspiration to even start a podcast or start this show? Well, at the time, well, well twofold. One is I remember sharing with someone originally that I was going to start a podcast his name was Brian Kramer, ended up being one of my guests, and now he's become a very good friend, and he moved to Lisbon with his wife this past year. So there's this weird kind of like full circle with that guy, uh, and I love him. And while we were walking, I said, this is the name of the show, Up In Your Business. He's that's a great show. You should do it. I was like, awesome, yes. And at the time, I was traveling full-time running an innovation association for Fortune 500 brands. And then when we landed in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, I finally decided, you know what? Screw this. Let's go. I'm doing the first show. It's going to suck. And I'm going to just, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to make it happen. I did the first show and it, 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 it wasn't my best. It, it kind of sucked. And then the second one I did sucked a little less. And then the next one sucked a little less than that. And it's just, as I kept going, I got better. I eventually started the Nashville podcast meetup that's blown up into a really big group. Um, I've turned that over to another guy to run now that I've moved to Europe. Um, and the whole premise was I was having conversations with these executives of these Fortune 500 brands. And inevitably, the conversation would shift from digital transformation and innovation, and it would go to these personal trials, tribulations, challenges, where these executives who had had all this success to get to these roles are now facing the friction of the bureaucracy of a big company like that to move fast or agile. They were working against the fact that their innovative ideas would challenge other organizations within the company. In fact, some of their ideas might even close down an organization within the company. And so they felt like there was a target on their back. Different people talked about the stress and anxiety, different people, talk, all these different things. And I have the privilege and the honor to be able to serve these clients. And one day, one of them said to me, you know what, Angus, you'd make a great coach. And that was like how I started thinking about coaching. But the podcast was a product of those conversations. And as I started having those conversations, they started giving me insights on what are the things I want to be talking about. And Angus, what I love listening back on some of those earlier shows, whether it was your conversation with Gary V or Ann Hanley, uh, is it started getting, they, the guests started opening up and sharing some of the very real struggles of leadership, some of the regal challenges of success. And it's kind of a precursor in many ways to your coaching where people are sharing the very real struggles and finding ways to overcome that. And I love as this show has evolved, pun intended, uh, it really is about leaders having a safe place to grow and really find success, but not just success, but sustained success so they don't crash and burn. Um, next question I want to ask you is you've done a bunch of interviews and you've coached hundreds of more leaders. 
what are some of the, what'd you say are kind of the, the non-negotiables or the must have in leadership today? What qualities stand out the most? Um, well, I would say Tasha Yurik, we talked about self-awareness. That one's a huge one. She gave a bunch of illustrations from leaders, um, from Ford Motor Companies and others. And um, that story has always stuck with me, um, that self-awareness is such a primary component for great communication, team building, even emotional regulation, you know, all has to do with self-awareness. And if you don't know that the way you show up is affecting or impacting other people or the way that you're neglecting yourself is chewing up your energies and resources and making you a, a grumpy bear or whatever, like that's all self-awareness. The other conversation that sticks out to me real quick, um, you know, that I think is it's a really important piece um, was the conversation you mentioned with Ann Handley and we talked about imposter syndrome. And for so many of my clients, they're, they're moving into something bigger. Like it's a change of roles. It's a raising a new round of funding. It's starting that new company. And each one of those require something of you bigger. And you have to be a different kind of leader. And oftentimes we will step into that largeness of the thing we have an oh shit moment. Where it's like, we fought so hard to get this role. We fought so hard to get this round of funding. We got, yes, we got it. And then we're like, yeah. oh shit, now I got to show up for this. Like, oh, what am I going to do? I'm worth the investment. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm worth the paycheck. I'm worth the funding. I'm worth the like, and this is the weird wonky stuff that our brains do to us. And that conversation with Ann Hanley was so great when she just said, and, and if you don't know Ann Hanley, she's like speaks on all these big stages. She's written a number of books. She's amazing, a human being in and of itself. And she's like, we all have imposter syndrome. And anyone who doesn't admit it or doesn't say it already has imposter syndrome. They just don't want you to know it. And to me, those are some two primary pieces. Um, another thing in leadership, um, I'm trying to remember who the conversation was with. Um, uh, it was delegation and coaching. And by coaching is different than the kind of coaching I do was uh, Michael Bungay um, Stanier. Michael Bungay Stanier, he wrote a book about coaching and how to coach your employees. So that when they came to you with a problem, Rather than you being like Mr. Fixer or Miss Fixer, rather than you always solving their problems and just creating more work for yourself, he had a series of questions. And I, I can't remember, seven questions, eight questions, something like that, that would help you like reflect back to that individual so they could learn to solve their own problems. So when they, you know, you go to talk to somebody, it might start with, hey, what's on your mind? And they tell you, well, da, 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 da. And then you say, and what else? And that act of curiosity, you know, would help the person feel safe to go deeper on another level. So the first thing they tell you is not necessarily the actual problem. And when you say, and what else? Then they'll go to the next layer to actually get to the core of the problem. And sometimes they have revelation as the words are coming out of their mouth to solve their own problem. But if you keep going down the sequence, then he takes it and I don't remember all the questions, but he gets to another point of saying, um, so if you were to solve that, what would you do? 
And now all of a sudden they say, well, I would think dot, dot, dot. And he's like showing empowerment and trust. And then he would delegate and says, I think that's a great idea. Why don't you go make that happen? And it just instills a different kind of engagement and energy between a leader and their employees. And it, I think the team dynamics, uh, uh, employee retention, it's all impacted by those elements. I'm hearing from you, if I'm, mistake, if I'm not mistaken, a self-awareness and a confidence and identity shift to step into those bigger roles, to avoid imposter syndrome, to know yourself so you're not you know, using your past trauma and you know, abusing your team members with it. But then secondly, switching from a, a, you know, a teller or a, a fixer to a, kind of a coach where you're really empowering your team and delegating, giving them greater responsibility, agency, so that actually it makes your life a lot easier. You have stronger team members, stronger company. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah. And, and there's more. I, I, yeah. you know, we're talking 100 episodes. <laughs> Those are some of top, top of mind. Yeah, that's great. So tell me, I'm sure you had one or two interviews that were just fun to do. And and what anything stand out as your favorite? Um, my favorite, I think, would be Ryan Holiday. Uh, because, so first of all, the book is called Ego is the Enemy. But in that conversation, I wanted to like pull, like how many opportunities do you have to talk to somebody like Ryan Holiday? And I really respected and revered that guy. And so I went deep. And when we got done on the show and he, and like, I asked him the like questions. I don't think anybody else was asking him from his own book. And so I didn't follow like any of the things, his PR people, like whenever PR people send me their list of questions, like these are the top 12 questions. Most podcasters, I don't even read it because I, I want to go into something, you know, unique and special and whatever. When I got done, Ryan put his hand in his, his head in his hands and he was just like sigh, a big sigh. Like, <sighs> he said, that was an awesome interview. Oh, I'm crazy. exhausted. That's and I was crazy. like, yes. You know, as an interviewer, <laughs> that was like my, my creme de la creme. I've, I've arrived. Yeah. You milked it, milked it for all it's worth. So what, let's let's turn it to you now. You started the show almost over a decade ago. How have you grown and how has your leadership grown over those years? Well, let's go through that list. Imposter syndrome was probably the biggest. Uh, just starting the show, I told you it took me almost a year to even do the first recording. Who am I? to you know, record my voice and put it out into the world. Like, have you heard my voice? My voice, you know, I, at first I hated my voice. I, I, I thought it was terrible, you know. Then who am I to talk to these individuals, these different people that I respected or, you know, I thought the world of. Um, and interesting enough, I remember talking to someone, uh, Jonathan Fields, and I really thought that guy is, I still think he's amazing. Don't, don't, don't hear me wrong. He's, he's awesome. But at the time I was like, that's the guy. Like I, I would love to be like him. And after the call, um, I said, dude, you're like, and I named off like the Tony Robbins of the world and the Brene Browns and something. I was like, you're right up there, dude. And he was like, no, I'm not. No, no, no. He was like having his own humility issues which was imposter syndrome. He didn't even see him. And now he's gone off to do even greater things. But I thought 
how human is that? So for me to be in those conversations, and then again, the Anne Handley, for her to share her struggles. Uh, I remember talking to Gary. Um, I've met Gary in real life, and we've, we've chatted sometimes and with uh, Gary Vanderchuk. Um, and he, on the call, um, the, his, his handlers said, you have 15 minutes. So I'm like, let's go. You know, I only got 15 minutes. We hit 15 minutes and I tried to close up shop. And I'm like, hey, I know we're out of time. He's like, no, no, man, let's keep going. And I'm like, all right, let's go. You know, we went on another, I don't know, five, 10 minutes or whatever. And to me, it was a, again, like, holy crap, I'm talking to a guy I really respect and he's doing some cool things. But then number two is like, he's having a good time too. And he wanted to stay. And suddenly when I realized that being curious was a gateway into people's lives. And second of all, I realized like I in of myself have to recognize my own gift that people naturally open up to me. Even if we're just hanging out, like I'm not wearing my coach's hat where this is not a book call. We're grabbing a coffee at some place and they just like <sighs> unload. I'm at South by Southwest. We're going to go grab some tacos and we sit down, we're eating our brisket tacos and they, they unload their stuff. I had to own the gift. And there's a shift that happens when you realize I have something to say and I have people who need what I have to say. And that has been a massive shift in my life to where my competence and my confidence have risen to levels I never had at the beginning of these hundred shows. I didn't have that audacity. I didn't have that sense of belief in myself and my capacities. And I think in leadership, we think we need confidence, you know, like before we do a thing. And confidence doesn't actually come until you're actually doing the thing because you gain competence. That competence breeds the confidence. And even that confidence is kind of a fluffy word because then you're going to go to other levels. You're going to do other things. And like, how does the confidence even keep up? And I have learned that confidence isn't about the thing you're doing. Confidence is the person you're being. I can figure things out. Like confidence isn't about the thing I want to do. Confidence is about the person I am to be. It's not how exactly how I said it, but that's what it, the essence of it is. Who am I being? Like, how am I showing up? I'm confident that I know who I am. I know my gift. I know who I'm for. And that's enough. And this thing I'm walking into, I didn't know I was going to go through what I went through doing this podcast. I didn't know I was going to go through what I was going to go through building my uh, coaching business. I didn't know I was going to go through when I started my first business or my second business prior. I just took one foot in front of the other, taking these steps. And if I had known it was going to take as long as it was going to take, or it was be as hard as it was going to be, or I'd have to make so much adjustment or sacrifice, I might not have never done it. I probably would have like, that's just too much. Ah, no, thank you. And yet, 
just having the naivete to step out to do something, even when you're afraid, even when you don't like know what's on the other side of that next step, but you have the confidence in who you are that I'm just going to do this to the best of my ability. And, and the second piece I would say is uh, to the best of my ability does not mean perfect. Stop being a perfectionist. And oftentimes in leadership, we're trying to get things perfect because we're trying to impress people or we're people pleasers, right? We're, uh, we want to, we don't want to fail. We don't want to look stupid. And that in and of itself, that context of perfectionism gets in our way. Every entrepreneur, yo, you know, you're going to make mistakes. So why do you keep holding a measure that's too high for you to even, you know, cross? Let me just pause for a second to say this. There is one trait that you will find in every successful leader, no matter their industry, no matter their role. And that trait is action. And we want to inspire ambitious leaders like you to bet on yourself and take action on those audacious goals that you see in your heart. That's why we created our 90 day accelerator. It's a results driven battle tested framework designed specifically for high performing leaders like you to get unstuck and propel you towards your goals. And in just 90 days, you won't even recognize a person you used to be. To be a part of this elite community, go to evolveleadership.org. Now, back to the show. That's oh, so true. So good. And, and just like in this show, you took action and you learned and grew and evolved uh, along the way. I thought it was really interesting that you mentioned that, and, and I've seen it in our member, many of our members in our Evolve community are drawn to you and your leadership because you are very real and authentic, and it almost gives them permission to be vulnerable and authentic. Can you talk about that as in leadership today? I, I think no longer are we having the leader who's the, you know, can do no wrong, tight vested, I'm not going to share anything a part of my life. I feel like that's a big hindrance in leaders. I know that's a gifting of yours, but I also think it's a very learned skill that many leaders can step into by by showing authenticity and vulnerability. Can you speak to that in for others leaders listening? Yeah. So one of my philosophies is that uh, when you show yourself vulnerable, you give others permission to do the same. And everything starts from the top. All problems are leadership problems, period. So if we look at it from that perspective, if we want change in culture, if we want change in our teams, if we want change in the energy, the frequency, the, 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 the essence of your culture, you have to first like be real. And this is 2024, yo, you cannot be the stalwart, you know, of a yesteryear. Um, it was last year I had three conversations with, uh, three C-suite people and I invited all three of them into a conversation, you know, separately say, Hey, why don't you come on the show? Let's talk about this thing. And they all three had shared about anxiety attacks. And I thought how uncanny that I would have three people I'm talking to just talk about the same topic. 
And when I invited each one individually, hey, why don't we have this conversation? One said, I'll never share this with anyone. I'm going to take this to my grave. And I thought, how sad is that? Second guy said, not till I retire. I don't want anyone to know this until I retire. And the third one says, I'm not sure I want to share this. And I don't know when I will be ready. And to me, I, and I, I confront all three of them, and I said, you know you're part of the problem, right? The fact that you won't talk about this, and there was this threat in their mind, they believe that if I show weakness, the sharks will you know, gather. If I show weakness, someone will optimize that in some form to use against me. They're going to capitalize on this story. I'm like, so if you got a counselor, if you got a therapist, people would use that against you. He's like, oh yeah, da, da, da. I'm like, you are living in the wrong decade, bro. Your mind, that's a story you're making up in your head. Like, no, no, because if they know I'm weak and then I walk in, they're going to share that in a meeting and say, hey, look at him. He's struggling with this thing about this thing. And he's had these anxiety attacks. He's probably not qualified for this role. And I said, yes. And how will you respond? Because how you will respond will dictate how the rest of that conversation continues. So instead, like you can say, damn straight, that's exactly what I went through. And I want to make sure that none of my other team members ever have to go through that again. And so we are restructured how our organization is run. We are delegating so that nobody is overworked. Nobody is burned out. Nobody is put in uh, isolation where they feel like they're all alone. We've completely changed the dynamic of our culture. And now as a leader, I went through that crap. So nobody else has to. And suddenly, you're a fucking leader. Mm. Mm. Angus, I think it's so important. We were talking, the last uh, recent uh, shows we've had with George B. Thomas, uh, Kate O'Neill, talked about the humanness, right? It's almost like leadership is be, needs to be more human. And the person that is projecting strength, right? And I use that in air quotes for those of you who are listening audio only. Yeah. It, they can't hear the is, air quotes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Strength is uh, this idea of I have no flaws. Well, that is an unattainable goal. That is something that people are having, they have a hard time following someone who doesn't have, th th there's no humanity behind that. But if somebody's willing to be vulnerable, and Angus, I, I know there's a lot of statistics that back this up. I think female execs are far more superior at this than male their male counterparts. I think Male counterparts see vulnerability as weakness, and it's such a liability. It's such a liability when we think that, because many times if we can be authentic and real in our stuff and as leaders, it creates such a connection to those that are following us, to those that are to those we're leading, because they say, okay, that that is a human leader. I can connect with that. And we've had so many members that said, I can come to Angus as a coach because he's opened up his life. He shared his story. Here's the good, bad, and the ugly, and I'm evolving. I'm getting better. And that's my past, and it's becoming an advantage for my future. And I think that's so powerful in our, in our leadership. I just uh, wrote a piece of content where I just mentioned something similar to that is like our past is the tuition, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's the price we pay to become who we've become. 
And if we're privy to that, if we're conscious of that, if we're paying attention to that, here comes the self-awareness again, then suddenly we're, we're operating on a different dynamic. Human is who we are. We're the only species on the face of the planet that have the ability to think, imagine, uh, be creative, and then with our hands, with our relationships, with our words, we can then manifest that imagination into something tangible. And for many of my clients, they'd understand that their leadership is a creative process a creation that they conjure from their own mindset, they conjure from their own beliefs, and the faster that they get rid of bias, uh, fear, uh, the, if they get rid of the imposter syndrome, if they get rid of um, their uh, scarcity, suddenly they can operate on a different frequency. This will not happen until you get human. Because those are all human traits that make us who we are. It is our species. It is our DNA. It is the essence of what also makes those around us relate to us. My coach, I have a coach, Dan Martell. Dan Martell said, frequency is what you frequently see. How you show up is giving off a frequency, how people frequently see you. If they see you consistently up, upbeat, uh, optimistic, uh, showing belief in others, the craziest thing happens. They start to do it too. But if you have a frequency where you are critical, judgmental, uh, no one is measuring up. That is actually an act of projection because you are that hard on yourself. And so therefore you take it out on others to be that hard on them. How you are showing up that frequency is the frequent things that I see tells me more about you than it tells me about me. I'm seeing your pain in real time. I'm seeing your fear in real time. I'm seeing your control that you're trying to manufacture in real time because your leadership is based in frailty. Your leadership is based in scarcity. Your leadership is based in less than. And you're overcompensating, over-indexing on all sorts of things that are harming the team and harming the growth of your company. Again, self-awareness. That self-awareness recognizing our humanity. That humanity now connecting to, I'm falling short of what I'm capable and I need to raise my own standards. Yeah. And when I, I raise my own standards, Everyone else's standards rises inherently. Yeah. And without saying a word. I love how you connected that with self-awareness because it's not, you know, turn that frown upside down. It's not just put on this fake upbeat, you know what I mean? Where you see somebody who's trying to be up as a leader and you can tell it's just a put on thing. And and a lot of times it's like, nah, I'm not that's not who I am. 
But I do think there's a self-awareness piece when we realize if we're being really self-critical, we're going to project that onto other people. But the more and more we can actually be uh, silence the inner critic, give ourselves space to grow and have a growth mindset and learn and make mistakes and move forward, then we can then turn around and our frequency towards other people, our, our attitude, our our culture that we are establishing in our businesses are going to give permission to other people to grow, to take risk, to, you know, step out. And so I think it's super important. Uh, it sounds like so much of this boils down to stepping into a greater self-awareness of our strengths, of the things that are holding us back from stepping into greater levels of influence and uh, super Super powerful. As we wrap up this 100th episode, I want one final question for you. And that is, as you reflect back on this near decade of shows and your journey, starting from just a podcast into a whole coaching business, um, what aspect of leadership do you find the most rewarding? It is seeing others win. I take great pleasure in seeing my team win, seeing you win, seeing you know any other part of our team. I take pleasure in my clients winning, our members winning. Not because it's indicative of my ego, like, oh, look what I did in that person's life. I am so amazing. I'm such a philosopher. I'm such a, a psychologist. I'm such a therapist, like, or whatever. I know my gift is not to be the guru. My gift is to remind you that you're your own guru. Like everything you need is already inside you. All I do is I show like a mirror and I say, hey, see this broccoli in your teeth that's been there since Tuesday? Nobody else had the guts to tell you it's been there this whole time. When I get the opportunity to speak firmly into someone's life who nobody else has the guts to. And I can call them out on their shit because they pay me to. And then they love me for it. And they say, yes, sir. May I have another? And it's not abuse. It is activation. And then they step into a recreation of how they see themselves so they can then step into creation to create the world around them they always wished they could. Nothing brings me more joy than the client who now is kicking it with their wife and loving on their babies and having a team that loves them in their company who actively says something's different about you, boss. No, they wouldn't say boss, but you know, something's different about you, Joe. Something's different about you, Sally. Something's different about you, Elizabeth. That to me, that's a win for all of us. And we're just talking about humanity. That's what we're here to do. And my expression of humanity is to make this philosophy, this way of life, this yielding to evolution of ourselves, of what we are capable to activate the power that is God-given, that's my job. That's what I get to do. And I love it. 
because not only do I get to see it in their life, but it's a contagion because those clients now carry the same philosophy, the same perspective, the same self-awareness, and they activate it into their kids. They activate it into their team. They activate it into their marriage. That's what this whole movement is about. That's what Evolve Leadership is here to do, is to create a culture, creating a movement, right? A contagion. Man, if you sitting in your car right now, you doing the dishes, you listening to the sound of our voices, if you knew how powerful you are, if you truly knew what you were capable of, you would not be contemplating the bullshit you are doing right now. You would not be questioning or second-guessing the things that you are right now. You would operate on a completely different level of knowing, being, and creating if you would just give yourself permission to. Like, that's the person. You, that's who I want to reach. That's who I want to, like, put a fire under your ass and unleash the power, the, like, dunamis dynamite that's in your soul doing what you were born to do. So good. That's that leader's coaching is coming out in you and coming out. For those of you who are listening, thank you so much for joining us for our 100th episode celebrating the gain and not looking at the gap. We're celebrating the gain. What is the gain in your life? But you need to take a minute, look, pause your climb up the mountain and see how far you've climbed. Thank you for joining us today on the Evolve Leadership Show. As we wrap up another episode of Evolve Leadership, thank you so much for taking time to invest in you. If there's to be any sustainable growth in your company or even in your relationships, you must grow first. And it's what I love to do for leaders, to help them grow, to challenge their thinking, sharpen self-awareness, to instill an unshakable confidence, and ultimately upgrade their sense of self. And we do this through our proprietary method called Agile EQ+, where we're leveraging agile leadership and emotional intelligence. We provide our signature training for individuals and for businesses, we've designed a unique curriculum for company-wide learning and development. If you'd like to learn more about our training or to schedule a call, you can simply go to evolveleadership.org. And until next time, stay driven, keep climbing, and never stop evolving. <laughs>